Welcome to Minority, a podcast discussing different minority experiences in the UK and beyond. As a disclaimer, we may discuss some difficult topics as we are reflecting on our own personal experiences and views. We are always open to learn more, so if you'd like, please send us any resources you may feel would benefit us. Okay, so just to kind of start off, I'm going to introduce myself. Um, my name's Jeanette. I'm born and raised in the UK. I'm from Leeds, but my parents are Asian. So my dad's Malaysian Chinese and my mum is half Indian, half Chinese, but she grew up in the Caribbean. So that's kind of my cultural background. And today I'm here with Che. If you'd like to introduce yourself. So, hi guys, I'm Che. I w- I'm born and raised in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, both my parents are Trinidadian, although my mom was actually born in Jamaica. And um, I recently started going to the UK to study for the past two years. And actually, how I know Jeanette is our parents went to school together when her mom used to live in Trinidad. Yeah, so I think it's kind of interesting because I think when people think of the Caribbean, they just think of black people. But Trinidad is kind of yeah. known being really diverse. I feel like people don't really recognize that a lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of people, like there's even people that when I said I was from Trinidad, they thought I was actually from Africa. <laughs> and as you were saying, um, like Trinidad, for example, it is really, but it's really not just black people. We have a large Indian population. We have Chinese people. Syrian, Lebanese, like we have, it's really a huge melting pot of cultures, which was brought about by colonialism. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. So we have a really, we have a really complicated history and everything. And people are always like, so why do you have so many, why do you have so many different cultures? Yeah. So do you think the cultures blend together quite well? Like. I think in some ways, Yes, and in other ways, they're kept kind of separate. So, um, I mean, isn't your whole political system basically a black party and an Indian party? Yes, basically. <laughs> it's the PNM, which is a largely black party, and the UNC, which is a largely East Indian party. And um, what you will hear from a lot of people is some people really, a lot of people really do vote on race. So, even though we like to think of ourselves as a society in which we've kind of we're such a melting pot that you know everyone is tolerant of each other it really does still factor into our politics like racism still exists even in a country that is majority that our majority would be the minority in some way like the uk so Mm -hmm. we have something like a 40 40 percent black and 40 percent indian population yeah still racial tensions Mm -hmm. I mean my mum was saying even though it's a black um, majority country I think when she was growing up she said once about a story where she was allowed in the club but her friends weren't because she was light well she's obviously quite light-skinned and obviously her friends were dark there is um there is the whole colorism issue that's been brought recently um yeah yeah, even in Trinidad, I think you can most see it in like um, things like modeling and things like, okay, so for parties here, they'll have promo girls, right? 
Mm-hmm. And um, you'll see people on billboards and you'll see that kind of thing. Especially for women, those promo people are always lighter skinned. And on billboards, you'll usually see lighter skinned people. And it's usually mm-hmm. women. Yeah. I kind of want to discuss how you found coming to the UK, coming from being a black, being in a black majority country to going to being a minority. Yeah. And I was wondering. If you noticed anything when you moved, yeah, those experiences? So, yeah. Well, before I came to the UK, my aunt actually went to the same university I go to, which is Loughborough. And she had said that, um, like, she was worried about me going to the UK because she was worried about racism. But initially, when I went to the UK, I was a bit apprehensive because... You know, it's a completely different society. I went from being the majority to the minority, and I was a bit unsure about that. When I came to the UK, it wasn't, I didn't really experience like blatant racism in the way that you see in like the American South and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it was, it was more in terms of things like microaggressions. Yeah, the whole, can I touch your hair? Let me touch your hair thing. Like, did you have that? Yeah, and people think that's only, like, for, like, a lot of black girls say that happens to them. But, yeah, a lot of people ask if they could touch my hair. and like, oh my God. If English was my first language and that kind of thing. That might have been more because they didn't know where Trinidad was or what the culture was, but still. Um, yeah, the hair thing. Oh, yeah, wow. the hair thing. Yes. Yeah. I find that so bizarre. They were They were really fascinated by the hair. Honestly, I can say as a kid, my mum's best friend is black. Like when I was a kid, I was always fascinated by her hair. But as like a grown being, when you just meet someone, why are you going to go and ask to touch their hair? Yeah, I don't know. I just found that completely strange because I never thought it was like... I think it kind of makes you seem a bit alien. Like, oh my God, your hair. You kind of feel a bit like a zoo animal that people... (laughs) Yeah. Because they're like, why is my hair so interesting? Yeah, especially if you come from Trinidad where everyone's hair is like yours. Yeah. Um, Just on the topic of hair, actually. Yeah. Were you able to find a barber that knew how to deal with your hair? Or do you not My mom, My mom was concerned about that. Um, but actually, people cut my hair just fine. You know I had beef with, to bring this up, but you know I had beef when I visited <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> bad beef. Just because basically when I went to visit Che in Loughborough, and I think I'm quite a cynical person, <laughs> and he was having fun and he was drinking and he was running down the corridor and people from like all the floors came down to just watch him and I just felt a lot of animosity and judgment and I didn't like that. Yeah, I wasn't in, I guess I wasn't in the headspace to really know what was going on, but Jeanette said she had uh... It felt like they were othering you, just the fact that people came down to watch you. Yeah, it was a little weird. So another thing is, obviously, you identify as bisexual. Mm-hmm. In Trinidad, that's <laughs> oh, yeah. really weird. So how did you find having more freedom going to the UK? Right. So one of the did you feel like you could just Mm -hmm. tell people openly and be like, "Yeah, by the way," when it came up to that, I'm bi. Did you find 
it was easier to tell people in the UK versus Trinidad? Or? Okay, I'll start from basically my experience in Trinidad. A lot of um, people from the LGBT community have these experiences of kind of bullying in high school, which I didn't personally experience because I was fortunate enough to have a group of people that identified as LGBT like around me. Like, that's crazy, like all your friends. <laughs> yeah, even though, and it's crazy, none of us said it, but we all kind of knew. Yeah, so all Che's friends growing up were gay, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them, but a Most. lot of them, a lot of them, especially in high school. But I know my experience isn't the experience for a lot of people. And in, um, in high school and that kind of thing, um... They did use the F slur and that kind of thing. And they did people, I mean, the things people said about LGBT people, gay people, were brutal. Mm-hmm. And I managed not to internalize that and everything. But the kind of things they said, especially in the Caribbean, I think in yeah. these where there's in largely black societies, African societies, especially there's a lot of intolerance towards LGBT people. So, right. So um, before going to the UK, I was really anticipating um, like being able to like be myself kind of, because I was already kind of being myself here, but not to like, I was still hiding a part of myself. Like, Yeah. And just the context, we've been sitting in the car. I can think of two times when I've been in Trinidad and the radio has been on and they're just, completely slating anyone who's gay or trans yeah and anything in between you know it's openly okay to be homophobic yeah that's why i was kind of trying to escape when i went to the uk like my experience wasn't really horrible the kind of environment wasn't just wasn't really tolerant so when i went to the uk i didn't just it's not, it wasn't a thing where I just went up and told people. I kind of just, I was just like, well, if they find out, they find out. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I don't even know how they ended up, like, caring about it. I think I just said, oh, that guy's pretty attractive or whatever, or something like that. And it was yeah. normal. Like, I never got any kind of backlash or any kind of people, like, distancing themselves from me. So that was mm-hmm. what I really appreciated about the UK. Mm-hmm. Do you think there would be people in Trinidad who would distance themselves from you if they knew? People think, in your life? Yeah, I think the majority of my friends know, but I wouldn't be as concerned about friends as like family. We're not at the level of the UK in terms of tolerance. They're more receptive to those kind of ideas, whereas the older generations, so like my great. And- to be clear, we're talking in terms of LGBT, not race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, my aunts and uncles, I'm sure they would, um, I don't know, they would want to state some kind of intervention or something. Yeah, especially, do you think it's linked with the religious kind of... Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the Caribbean is a very, very religious place. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the majority of people I know are religious. Of course. No one is religious here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was quite different from the UK. That kind of like homophobia, transphobia is largely tied to religion. Which is ridiculous. Is really ridiculous. Religions, at the end of the day, promote 
being kind to each other and being loving. Like, where's the same energy? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you're religious. Yeah, not as strongly religious as I used to be, but I still, I I am still religious in some part. There are a lot of people, especially the younger ones, who realize who are still religious but realize everything in the Bible cannot be taken as truth. Yeah, there's some taken as Bible as well. So. I don't know how you can call yourself religious and want to love everybody and everything and still have so much hatred to people who are doing something that doesn't affect you. The whole core of Christianity is forgiveness and love. As with a lot of religions, I mean, I don't know enough about them, but I know all religions promote peace. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Trinidad has made some strides recently. Like they started having like a pride parade and everything. I think last yeah. year, especially, there was quite a big one. Decriminalize gay sex yet? Uh, yes, I think last year we did. Uh, yeah, so it used to be a crime in Trinidad to have gay sex. Yeah, that was a it was a colonial rule put in place by the British, and really? it, it's so crazy because the England because England right now is like oh tolerance and everything, and yet in their colonies they've left behind those rules. That is that is such a big thing that I would actually want you to teach me about because you've said that you're, you were taught in school, right, all the bad things that came with colonialism. Um, let me think. So there were a lot of laws, as like, like I mentioned before, that were left behind by the British that we've just had to kind of, even though the, the British have moved on and everything, we still have those kinds of laws. So... Again, a prime example would be the, it was called the buggery law. I mean, it has left behind religion, which is a positive, but it has left behind, I guess, those negative attitudes of religion. So because religion is so widespread in terms of Christianity, those ideas of homophobia and everything are really like ingrained into the society. I think it's so good that you were taught that because that's something that the current movements are fighting for. They're fighting against systemic racism, and part of that is the education system. I feel like what you were taught largely was the English came in, they conquered the lands, they civilized the land. What a lot of people don't realize is there was civilization before the Europeans came and basically invaded. Um, yeah, it was divide and conquer. Yeah. They called the, they called the existing civilizations savage so yeah. that they could save it. The thing that has been so damaging towards indigenous people, people of color. That they tortured and killed and raped indigenous people. Like our indigenous people, um, the Amerindians, were, it was complete genocide. So all of that culture, history and everything was just... Yeah, ir- that's a lasting effect of colonization, isn't it? Because yep. they're gone. Yep, they're gone. We can't bring them back. There's a lot of in there's this huge inferiority complex in terms of um, black people and Indian people in Trin- I mean all over but in Trinidad <clears throat> as well because the white man was seen as superior because the white man was in control. It, yeah, and that's where colorism comes from as well. Yeah, because what we learned about in terms of slavery and that kind of thing is um, when the whites, which were the upper class of society, would uh, rape or have relations with African people. 
um, you produce colored people, and those people were given a higher status than the African than the people who were of pure African descent. And so that's what kind of led to this whole colorism issue. The closer you are to white, the higher you deserve to be promoted. The more opportunities they got, mm-hmm. they'll continue to get. Especially in Hollywood and things, you know, the lighter skin. They if they do have. A black girl being the hot girl, it would probably be a lighter skin girl. Even if you look at things like the music industry, especially for women, who are the biggest women in music today? Rihanna, Beyonce. They're a lot. It's largely light skin, and it's it's not even just like people are just making it up or whatever. Because there's actual interviews of people mm-hmm. of people who went to castings and people who have talked to. Like I think it was. Um, who is it? Um, Kelly Rowland or something, who had, who was told that she had to work twice as hard because she was the darker girl or something like that. Unfortunately, it is true. How would you describe racism in Trinidad if it if you feel it exists? A lot of people like to think that it doesn't exist because we are such a multicultural society thing, but it still does exist. When like, I think about it, I mean, my grandparents obviously are of different races, but I still feel like people tend. Tend no, to their own race. Especially um, in the East Indian community, parents don't want say, don't bring a black man home and that kind of thing. A lot of um, yeah, don't bring don't bring a black man home. Don't bring a darker skin man home. In terms of the Syrian Lebanese community, I have heard things about um, the marrying only within their race. So there is actually quite a lot of segregation between yeah. races. It might not be, it's not segregation in the way that um, you would have like certain places where only colored people and go and colored people, but it's self-inflicted. Yeah, it's people keeping to themselves. But (laughs) even if you look in things like Facebook comments, you'll see the racism. The devil. They are, you'll see the racism and think, well, we were talking about hair earlier in terms of certain black hairstyles, especially in schools and that kind of thing. Like people wearing their natural hair. A lot of people were looked down on for wearing their natural hair and told you can't wear it like that. That's so sad. I saw a lot, um, the kind of like criminalization of uh, wearing your natural hair. And that. A lot of people have said um, things like job interviews because they wore their natural hair. They told them straighten your hair or come back different. That's so sad. Because yeah. black hair is actually so beautiful. Obviously, currently, race is a very prominent issue mm-hmm. in protests. Um, how have you felt with all of this media attention being put on race, especially growing up in a black majority place? Maybe it's not something that you've ever given much thought to before. How did you feel? Did you fr- feel your friends were doing enough, supporting you, supporting the movement? It's not even about you. I would say... For a while, I never really even thought about race. Like, it's only, I guess, within the last few years, I started to really think about the Black experience. Because you never really had to before, right? I never really had to think about it because, I mean, even though I said there is racism in Trinidad, it's not at the extremity and at the scale at which it is in the States. I guess it would be harder for the system to be against you when you're a majority. Yeah, well. when we make up the most of the system, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't really think about it as much. But when police brutality started being given more of a spotlight, 
And even back in, I can't remember what year it is, but this was years ago, um, Trayvon Martin's death, when he got, he went to the store to buy Skittles in a hoodie or something. And he thought he looked threatening and they just shot him and killed him. And the man was acquitted of all the charges. But I only started thinking about it again when the whole, um, everything happened with George Floyd. Even though my personal experience, being in a majority country, I personally didn't experience that much racism, but it's really brought all these race issues to the forefront for me, where they weren't before. Where Especially if you want to live in the UK afterwards. Yeah. After university, you need to be aware of them, I guess. Yeah. In terms of how it made me feel, like I started, I felt really sad. It was all hitting me at once. I was in a really like emotional place because... Even though it wasn't happening in my country, it was still black people and I felt connected to them. I hadn't really felt connected to like Trayvon Martin. Seeing it all hitting me at once and because the movement is so huge now, it just all hit me that regardless of where they are, black people are still my family. And I still, that could have been me if I went there on vacation, that could have been me. If, mm-hmm. if I was in me being in the UK, that could have been me as well. So it's all, it's become more personal to me now. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like you had friends you could lean on to kind of discuss and talk about it? My, um, my friends here, actually, my friends here are like all different races. So I have, yeah, but I guess because it's a black majority country, they'll have good insights. They have, yeah. So my friends here were really supportive and they all felt the same way I did basically. Um, regardless of it, with if they were black or not, I think they were more in tune with the black experience mm-hmm. as they would have interacted with me and other people in our friend group who are black. Um, so we were all on the same page and we all posted up stuff and we had co- intelligent conversations about it and everything. But with my UK friends, none of them said anything or posted anything which really like threw me for like I was, I was. Yeah, I remember you saying how upset you were because it seemed like I mean even something like putting up a post saying yeah part of the movement or R.I.P. George Floyd or like a donation link or something. Yeah. Even that is showing that you care about what's going on, even if it's mm-hmm. not happening in the UK, which it which it is. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it's not even, they shouldn't do it just because you're their black, fr- they have a black friend, you. They should do it because they want to. But because they're your, you're their friend and you're black, they should see that as something that affects you. I feel like they probably didn't make the link. Maybe before they had never had a black friend. It, it was never really on their radar, but I, I don't know. I thought. You, well, I have friends who I'm pretty sure don't know any black people post. And I know it's not all about posting, but, you know, showing the yeah. people. I don't know. I thought that especially because they knew me and because they we were such good friends and that kind of thing, I would realize, oh, my black friend is probably hurting right now. What should? Why don't I talk to them or why don't I put up a message of solidarity? And I know that we can't expect people to be perfect allies, but... It, it takes nothing to put up a post or send a message. Once I talked to them and explained to them why I was hurt, 
they really took a look at themselves. They kind of realized why they should have posted. One of the things I highlighted in the, like, it was basically a paragraph I sent to them, was that Black culture is very popular, right? So we have things like music, hip-hop, everything. Huge, massively popular. And I was like, I don't understand how you can have this huge appreciation for Black culture, consume Black culture, and then not show up for the Black community and your Black friends. Mm -hmm. So they really took a look at themselves and realized what they should be doing. And they've started to post things and they've talked to me and I've tried to educate them. But it's also not your job to educate them. Yep. And it's hard not to feel like that. It's not like all your friends in the UK are white. Yeah. And these and are... Still, but that's kind of the beef I had when I visited. I could see it. Yeah, because these, these friends that um, didn't feel the need to post anything or message me on any, or anything were largely of um, Asian descent. Well, yeah, as people of you color. understand this a bit better? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. There's a whole other issues within those, within my other minority communities towards this movement. But what I'm interested in is kind of how you found Black UK culture in contrast to Trinidad. So because I didn't join things like the ACS, well, the Afro-Caribbean Society, and because none of my friends really, when I moved to the UK, were Black. I didn't really assimilate with that culture very much. I didn't really have much experience with it. I mean, I guess that would just be because of who you ended up living with and who was on your call. It wasn't anything intentional. Yeah, the only things I kind of knew about were things like grime, but that was I had no idea about that before coming to the UK. Yeah, um, I don't think it's very internationally known, actually. No. Should be, though. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> good, it's good. But to be fair, like, the black culture will kind of just be there to do with their roots, but it will be how it's adjusted to being in the West. <laughs> it is, I feel like it is just kind of, I don't, trying to keep an identity, a cultural identity of their roots, but also it is mixed in with English culture as well. It's a mixture. Even um, because because of that that whole um, Windrush generation of Caribbean people who moved to the UK, Mm -hmm. there is, even from the minimal minimal amount of, um, like, Black UK culture, I guess you could say that I've um, kind of heard of or been exposed to. I have heard a lot of Caribbean phrases and kind of Caribbean foods and that kind of thing mixed in with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Things like um, (laughs) Big Man thing and (laughs) that kind of thing. Those are very Caribbean um, sayings and slang and that kind of thing. Yes, was I in- guess there are similarities. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I think that about wraps everything up. Thank you for being a guest on my podcast. No problem. I'd do it all again. Oh, it was really interesting to kind of hear because you grew up in black majority, also your LGBT experience. 
experience. Yep. Oh my god, I hate that. I'm not putting <laughs> you in one box, but like your personal. It was really good. I think you can give a very unique 